If you're looking to buying a new home or selling your home, please go see Legacy Realty Group Remax Vantage and speak to Valdir Baptista Correa, real estate agent at 508-441-1628. His email is Realtor at gmail.com. His motto is your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. That's Valdir Korea at 508 441 1628. You can buy a home or you can sell the one you have. But see this guy. Like he says, your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody, to the Really Charlie Podcast. Today's guest is Jimmy Colbert. Down the, down below, Michael Samil. Samil. I, I always get that mixed up. I want to pronounce it two different ways, you know? That's okay. Right. <laughs> but this is, uh, is going to be a great podcast. These two gentlemen played a year at Holy Family together. Um, Jimmy went on to graduate from Holy Family. And uh, Mike ended up moving on to Fairhaven High School and was an all-pro just by himself, man. Michael, I keep telling myself every single week when we communicate that Mike is his own podcast, and I got to make sure that we're going to have you on here, just you by yourself, because we have, we talked so much history in the past two weeks, it's unbelievable, man. So... Well, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I think, you know, off of our communication over over the last month or so, um, it has been very, very interesting that, as you said earlier, that we crossed paths somehow, never got introduced. Um, and it, it has been very, very nice that the response I've got and have received from the first podcast that we did has been really cool. So um, people, people, I mean, Jimmy and I haven't spoken in a little while. We connect online a lot, but I've heard some, from some guys in Fairhaven. I've heard from some others that I hadn't spoken to or, or had any contact with for a little while. Um, my dad has had some contact with some people that reached out to him that heard it. So it's been really cool to, to kind of go through this. Um, and so I'm not, I, if I haven't thanked you officially or, um, online, but you know, thank you very much. This has been, um, quite opening for me. And I thank you very much. Um, the uh, history lesson I'm getting from you every day, you know, is is, is very um, appreciated. And uh, I love it, especially with this podcast. Um, there's a lot of things that I could use. So, Jimmy, my man, the man that was fast on his feet, even with the ball in his hand, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really, really good, Charlie. First, I want to say it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you as well as Michael. Yes. And I, I, hey, I'm always, every time I see you, put a smile on my face, man. Shop just man, always doing his thing, you know, and uh, and your family speaks for itself, you know. Bunch well, of- well, thank you, Charlie. Thank you. You know that's how I do. Yep. 
Hey, tell me, tell me one thing. Yes. If you personally know Jill Scott, we got to get introduced, man. You got to introduce me to Jill Scott, man. She's from your area, so you got to introduce me to Jill Scott. I love me some Jill Scott, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to be I'm passing gonna, out gonna... invitations for introductions, I could, I'd love to be in that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of history in your school that you both went to. And um, for a very small school, the history is uh, tremendous. And, um, and you both are part of that history. Jimmy, the first year you went to uh, Holy Family, you know, um, first of all, was you, did you plan on going there before you got to high school? Yes, I, I had a, I really didn't have a choice in a matter, Charlie. Okay. Um, I started there at first grade and oh, okay. I, I, I didn't have a decision. And my mother said, you're going to Holy Family. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've been there ever since. Awesome. Awesome. Um, the, uh, now basketball, was that already in your, you know, that was already in your house, you know, already something you was doing? You know, Charlie, that's, that's a good question. Actually, um, coming up, Charlie, my thing was baseball. I really like baseball and anything that had to do with running, you know, just running. I, I, I like to run and, you know, coming up, I, I, I think um, I had moved here. I think when I was four years old from Philly. Okay. And I, I, when um, I moved over to Morgan street and I, I say this all the, all the time, there was a guy who's my mentor, who I love a brother, family to this day mickey gonzalez yes he taught me like everything you know there was to know about athletics baseball basketball football and a lot of the things we did you know coming up man (laughs) included running running from this one that one Mm -hmm. but it was a lot of running and i think around like fifth grade fourth grade fifth grade um i started to play cyo and um, I had already had the skills that, you know, I needed to have to get me where I needed to go. And it all took off from there, Charlie. That Morgan Street Park, uh, West End Park there, I think it was. That was Middle Street Park. Park. Let's, let's clarify that. Middle Street Park. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Middle Street Park. Charlie, you can go there any time of the day, any time of the day. And, I mean, that's all everybody did at that time, Charlie was play basketball. I mean, you start, like, as soon as I got out of school, you know, I changed my clothes, and I was at Middle Street High. I mean, my we – I mean, the, the games there were, like, epic, you know. Yeah, my grandmother's house was uh, right there around the corner on Cottage Street. Oh, really? Yeah, because of uh, Carney Academy had to be built, so they relocated uh, her, and uh, she ended up moving up west near Bonwood Park. So, um I was always uh, let me see if you remember this. I would go through that park and then Middle I would Street ask, Park. Yep, Middle Street Park. Run through the park and then I got on the Morgan Street side and there was a pole at the edge. And me and my brother are so young, so we would swing on that pole to go off the park and onto the sidewalk. And it was just something we did. We got a run and start run 
Right <laughs> away. So, but, I live uh, on Morgan Street. Yes, yes. So, I love it. The um, so Mike was there as a freshman, mm-hmm. and he played one year. Mike, what was your first impression when you met Jim, uh, Jimmy? My first impression with Jimmy was I was a little intimidated mm-hmm. because of just a little. Um, just a little. <laughs> My man. Um, well, because because I was a kid, you know, I was I was 15, just about to turn 16, and they were upperclassmen. I'm in a new school. Um, I had gone through, you know, the Kushnet school system, and I, you know, I was surrounded by everybody that I knew. I had a couple of friends that were in my freshman class, um, but it was all new, and um, I can remember. Um, my friends in the freshman class, there was a basketball hoop in the in the courtyard by the church. And we would shoot around every day during lunch. And we never really played. And it was sort of, I was sort of begging the upperclassmen to come play because I really wanted to show. Because I only had in a, a very brief introduction to them the year before when I practiced with the varsity for a couple of weeks. And during the summer, which in my view didn't go very well for me because I wasn't ready. And so... Um, I wanted the upperclassmen to come play. And then one day they did. They came over to play and um, I had to put on, and from just my own ego and my own sort of um, juxtaposition, I had to do well. Now, meanwhile, I'm in chinos, a light blue dress shirt, my tie and my, and my blazer are on the ground and I'm in topsiders. So we played, I did really well. And I can remember going, I had math class or algebra or something the next period after lunch. And Charlie and Jim, I'm in a deep sweat. I am soaked through my light blue shirt. I'm a mess. And I walk, I walk into class and I don't remember the, um, the sister's name, but she just looked at me and said, and she just shook her head, like looking so disappointed at me. But I had a point to prove that afternoon just for my own sake. Um, so that was my first sort of introduction to Jimmy, but we had met the summer that summer because um, I played for the summer league team with them, and um, I remember one situation. And I knew this was difficult for them to kind of accept me coming in, and I still needed to prove myself. But I remember there was one situation we were playing at Buntwood Park, and we were trapping somebody in the corner. And I ended up getting a steal at some point. And um, Jimmy made a comment to me, like, nice play. And that meant the world to me that that actually was said. And um, so that was sort of our beginning of our relationship, um, which took a little time. It took a little time for for all of that to kind of come in line. And it was still bumpy, you know, for everyone, uh, including myself, just because of the fact that I was a freshman coming in. These guys had been there. they knew me very, very little. And again, I'm a kid. You know, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get better. I want to. I want to be able to help the team as whatever way I can. Um, so that was my introduction to Jimmy. Well, I know he treated you well, and he he cracked some jokes about you. I know he <laughs> did that to you. you know, oh yeah. That's, that's oh yeah. Me. So, hey, Sonny, how you doing? Got a microphone, Sonny. I got the mic. Great. All right, brother. How you guys? How doing? you doing, man? All I'm right. I'm a little nervous. I'm in here with these two guys. 
Alfredo, what's up? Jimmy wanted to pick my pocket, and Mike wanted to shoot the lights out. So I'm not too comfortable in this room. I I thought I was gonna sneak in here and just you know be a, a fly on the wall. No, we 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 definitely uh, like I was telling these guys, we can have a, I can have a podcast for each each and every one of you, including you, Sonny man. And uh, I'd like to do that eventually, especially some of the things that you have done along with, you know, basketball, along with, you know, your career and your continued, you know, your second career. I'd like to get you on another podcast just by yourself. So, mm-hmm. but we, Sonny, share us a story about Jimmy. You know, we, we, we need to know some true, true stories, you know, like, just like Mike said <laughs> about Jimmy, you know, we want to. We want you to go reach way back in the archives and tell us a story about Jimmy Colbert. Easy, Fred. This, easy, brother. Uh, no, listen, this, this is actually this is actually pretty easy. Uh, it it was our junior year, uh, Holy Family at Stang, and the matchup should have been Jimmy playing the other guy, Kurt Matheson. That should have been a matchup, but I I was shooting around. Uh, during the time, well, during uh, halftime of the JV game, I was just shooting some shots, and I was hitting everything. <laughs> I, I couldn't miss. So, ah! so the game begins, and the matchup is different. Uh, Coach Nobriga was watching me shoot, so he put Jimmy on me. Instead of putting Jimmy on the point guard, he put him on me. So mm-hmm. now we're running through our offense. Uh, we run through the play, and, and Jimmy's waiting for me. <laughs> Everywhere I went, he was waiting for me. It was frustrating. <laughs> you know, I, I, I couldn't get the ball, nor could I even when I did. I, I couldn't even get a shot off. So uh, that first quarter was was pretty bad. And uh, Jimmy, you I shouldn't even be talking to you now. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> on that day. And, and here's a guy that says, hey, I, I love you, man. You're like a brother to me. Shit, man, what would you have done to me if we were enemies? <laughs> I love it. I love nah, it. Jimmy, Jimmy's uh, a, a humble guy, but by far one of the best defenders that I've ever played against. Uh, and it's just pure heart, pure will, and and his quickness, man. He just loved to to be that stopper because he couldn't make a shot, right, Mike? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Well, it's funny because there were times that I thought Jimmy um, should have stepped up more because I because I trusted his shot. I mean, I no, knew he, there was a certain range he was he was good at. I mean, he wasn't a deep shooter, but you know, fifteen no. and in. Yeah, this that was pretty much automatic for me, and I wanted him to shoot more because that was going to take some pressure off of me and everybody else. And there yeah. were some games, and I'll go back, Jimmy, to our first game we played that season at time. And guys, he couldn't miss, and these were deep. These were 23, 25 feet out at Taunton, and Taunton had a nice court for from my Beautiful. view, um, really nice shooting court. Um, and Jimmy went off. And I'm like, okay, this is this is what I'm going to get this season from my from the other guard. 
fantastic. We're going to score like 80 points a game if that's the case. Between the guys we had inside and Jimmy that night, we ended up losing that game, unfortunately. I was, that's one of, the, one of the heartbreaks of that season. Um, but Jimmy played really well. And I thought, you know, there were times where I thought, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and especially straight on. You know, 15 feet foul line extended. Those shots were there in our offense from time to time. And I wanted him to shoot more. It would have taken some pressure off of everybody else, but it's, you know, that was kind of how we, we weren't designed for that to some extent. Um, and more of the shots came from the wing from me. Um, but a lot of it was, you know, the direction was inside first. You know, we were very much inside out, which was, which was nice because we had two big guys and that's where it should have gone. Um, but, you know, so there was some shots on the perimeter, you know, from the wing on with me and Jimmy, you know, sort of around the key, um, we should have gotten there more because I think that would have opened some things up and we would have we would have probably been able to score a little bit easier inside once that kind of, you know, that the defense sort of opened up. Nice. Great point. Michael yeah, Kahn. Jimmy, Jimmy was uh, so good at, at defense, he even shut himself down. <laughs> well, there is, you know, there, no, there is something to that, right? If you're chasing around Sonny all day, you know, there is something you're going to have, something's going to have to give at some point. Right. And so if that's some stamina and you can't really focus on offense and you're just, you're, you know, you know, concentrating on defense and you're the distributor, I can see that. I can absolutely see that because, you know, Jimmy and I talked the other night, taking pressure off of me, not having to cover the best guard and not have to handle it. I didn't, I couldn't take that on that season. There's just no way I wasn't prepared and having him, was a great backup for me, and I'm hoping I'm a good backup for him. That we supported each other throughout. You the were, whole you season. were, Mike. You were a very good backup. And it, oh, yeah. it, well, it it it's uh looking at. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up now because bring it up, Charlie. Bring it up. I gotta I gotta bring this <laughs> up now because no, this is uh. And I'm going to get to Mike Kahn's comment. Mike, I, I see your comment. is a very good comment, so I'm going to bring that up. But there's something I like. This this is one of my favorite pictures I've seen in, in a long time. Thanks to Mike. Now, look at this crew here. Can you guys tell me who 52 is? I, I lost. That's this Danny Aflalo. That's who Danny Aflalo. From 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 right to left, you have Jojo White. Number yep. forty three was Gary Mello. Number fifty two, that was Danny Aflalo. His son Aaron was drafted by Detroit Pistons, number one draft pick out of UCLA. Number fifty one was Jerry, uh, not Jerry, uh, Robert Rivet. And number twenty one, man, that looks like Pete Mavericks. Let me see. Oh, that's yeah. Samuel. Look, he's he's ready, man. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, Mike Mike stay ready. And then number fifty four was um. Help me out here. Fifty four. That, that, that's that's Ricky Azevedo. Ricky Azevedo. That's right. Melvin Arnold next. Yeah. Dave Lado. I don't know Dave's supposed to be here. Um. What's he was out forward, and the, the other yeah. guy. The other guy in the corner, I don't know, is that CP3? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Hey, 
let me go back to this comment here. Pretty nice. Michael Kahn said, Jimmy Colbert, best defensive player in my era. Humble but devastating on the court. Great team player, multi-talented. I never liked playing against him, but hold on one second here. Uh, but the true player, better person. So happy you have Jimmy on, on the show. Best personality ever. And my guy for life. No joke, for real. He can tell tell you why. Um, and I can't read that last part here. So you know how it is, Sonny and, and, and Jimmy and Mike. You know, when you get these glasses, you got to kind of focus two or three times before you see the word, you know? <laughs> Thank you, Michael Kahn, man. I appreciate you. Miss you. Hope all's yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, I hope all's well, Mike. You know, he's doing his thing with his podcast, too. The – um. now – Hey, Charlie, I, that was a dynamic duo at Stang. Oh, yeah. I was Fred, Fred and Michael Kahn. Wow. When you heard about Stang, it wasn't Stang. It was Fred. Fred. Yeah, so Fred, Fred and, 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 and Stang. <laughs> as well as Michael Kahn. The, the truth about that is Mike and I really didn't have much of an opportunity to work together. Uh, we, we didn't play in a system like yours. Like Mike was a shooter. So Mike got to shoot. You handle the ball, you play defense. So you got to you got to play to your strength. Uh we didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, it's so, uh I, um I wanted to say hello guys. I, I gotta I gotta step away. Okay, all right, brother. Fred, you always doing that. You always doing that, Fred. You yeah, supposed I, to come to the whole family and you stepped away. You're doing it again. All right, no. see you. Okay, see it. <laughs> and playing with my against Mike, I I, I need to share this. You, you couldn't give Mike any breathing room. Uh, even as a younger ball player, a couple of years younger than us, he knew we knew if he had that that breathing space, he was lighting you up. Mm-hmm. So I tried to emulate Jimmy while playing Mike, but I wasn't as good as a defender as as Jimmy was. So Mike Mike did quite well. He he got to score some hoops on me or against us anyhow. Yeah, against you. Not, not against you, against your team. Okay. <laughs> hey, Fred, you remember, Mike, you remember Mike's form? Mike, Mike some of you had, he had the NBA form. Like, you know, you, yeah. you couldn't emulate it. You know, it was just yeah. picture perfect. It was, smooth. It, was, it was smooth. Guys, pleasure to see you both. And Charlie, always a pleasure to see you. All right. Sonny, take care, man. Take care. See, look at Jimmy. You still there? I'm still here. Look at that kid right there, man. Do you see it? Oh, I see it. I yeah. see him. He's ready, man. He got Chuck Taylor's on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Charlie, I remember that end of the court right there. Yeah. Yep. I absolutely remember that. I played so much in that. In in that, we should call it the um, the uh, Holy Family Garden. Mm-hmm. It's till till this day. That's still one of my favorite gyms everywhere that I lived. Um, and uh, it's uh, I wish it was more utilized more than what it is. Um, and I always said, if I hit the power ball, guess what? We're gonna have to decide where the first uh, 
Charlie Perry Center is going to be, and we're going to actually, you know, have basketball all year round around there, which we should. And uh, things would be much, much better around there as far as the uh, the play. Well, we got AAU, so nobody wants to stay home. Everyone wants to travel every other weekend, and um, it's too bad. Um, but I'm not saying AAU is bad. I want to show you this I got from Mike, and uh, this is unbelievable that all the names on here I pretty much know or met. And, um, you know, Mike's down here out of nine games, 97 points. I mean, that's good stats. Mike, I believe if you can correct me on this, this was actually a sophomore year. Is that correct? No, that's my freshman year. Oh, see that? All right. <clears throat> a lot better than I thought, man. That's nice. So, we go. Jimmy, can, I, I can, I clarify, can I clarify something on that? <clears throat> sure. On that those stats there, yep. you know, Durfee, at that time, Durfee was a powerhouse. New Bedford Ice spoke for itself. New Bedford I had so much talent. I, I think at that time, what, there were 2,000 students in the school? And yeah, we were a division, a division two team. And we had gotten, you know, um, a plethora, a lot of talent that year. Mm-hmm. And we went from division two to division one. And to top it off, we only had out of 300 students, we only had 77 males in the school. And out of that 77, now, now I'm just surmising here, about 30 of them played, played basketball. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, you know, just to be, you know, I'm not making no excuses by no means, but that stat there, I mean, we could have been a lot better. Oh, yeah. And, I, and, th- I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to do a lot, lot better. Well, we had, yeah, a, yeah we, you, you and I talked, Jimmy, the other night. There were some opportunities there. And unfortunately, you know, I was going over this the other day, that if you looked at our schedule, our schedule was heavily weighted for home games the first half of the season, which was really weird that it happened that way. Because we had a pretty good run coming out of the Christmas tournament um, where we came in third. I think we win like four or five in a row coming out of that. And so that was a nice run for us. But then we had to go play those teams away. And because we were a very young team, you know, between myself, David, Dan, and Jimmy, we were a young team as far as experience in playing varsity basketball. So it was very tough for us to go away. If we beat some of those teams at home, we beat them pretty bad. Um, oh, we did. And we really, we did. Yeah, because coming out of the Christmas tournament, we were running uptick, and we beat Sonny's team. At, we beat Stang at the Kennedy Center. Um, it was a tough game. It was Those games with, with Stang was, were always tough. But we were on a good run, but then we had to go away. So those teams were waiting for us, and we weren't prepared. We just weren't prepared as, as just – people just because you know it was a little intimidating walking into a gym and they're waiting for us and not having that experience um to really kind of rely on and what you and how you'd respond and jimmy and i were talking the other night charlie that you know a couple of wins here and there we may have snuck into the state tournament and then we would have dropped down to division two where we belonged Mm -hmm. and um I that's thought a good that, point, that's a good point. Yeah, and I thought with that experience that we could have, you know, we could have pulled together and dropped down a division and played in the tournament. We could have done some damage there, I think. 
because we would have had 20-something games under our belt, get into the tournament. That would have been a big thing, and um, I would have loved to see what we could have done. But just things didn't break the way, you know, we started 0-3 that season. And, you know, then we go into the Christmas tournament, and one of those the three losses was we played in Benefit High School twice in about a week and a half. Lost to them both times. The second time we lost to them, it was really close. We should have beaten them that night. And um, we came in third in that tournament, won two in a row, and all of a sudden we're two and three, and it looks pretty good. Um, and like I said, we had a pretty good run there for a bit, but then we just couldn't sustain it once we went to play those other schools away. And you're right. New Bedford High School was tough. Durfee was undefeated at that time. And, you know, we weren't going to be able to play with them. And, but, you know, so you talk about playing in division one, we fell victim to what Mickey's team did in 75 and what they did in 74. Their success was what caused Holy Family to move up a division. That's how it was looked at at the time, right? So it was a combination of what your record was, and and I don't think the male population played into that, um, but the record-wise and the success that Holy Family had in 74 and 75 pulled us up a division. And it was really hard. You know, to Jimmy's point, the ratio of of male students was hard. Well, it kind of, knowing a little bit about Coach Nabriga, I I call him Mr. Nabriga, um, I think you know, if he had any part of the scheduling before the season, he he just said, you know what, I got to show some some people across the way that I can coach and I have a good team, especially looking at the 30 guys that were within the building or 77 guys <laughs> that were within the building. He said, you know what, I can play anybody. <laughs> Let's go. Let's bring it, you know. And uh, so, I mean, he had that type of that, that, that uh, A quality, um, you know, mannerism to him so he, he he liked the challenges and i think that when you guys were in that school walking around he just it just made him feel a whole lot better um bigger and better you know so guess what let's go to middle street park and go play them guys too you know so yeah. i love it i love it the um jimmy after holy family what did you do after that <clears throat> what i think i i i like everybody left uh, in 78, I graduated in 1979 and, um, uh, I, I had opportunity to go to Bridgewater, uh, state Framingham Dean junior college. I got a call from Dean. They were a two year school at the time. Mm-hmm. True story, Charlie, true, true story. And, um, I'd say around seven seven o'clock one night, I was having mashed potatoes, peas, and uh, scrambled hamburger. I got a call from Dean Junior College. You would mm-hmm. you would have thought I was going to Duke, man. I was like like cracked up. <laughs> knew I wasn't going there though. Knew I wasn't going there. And I I ended up I ended up in um I applied to the school that I wanted to go to most was CW Post in um, Long Island, New York, and um, got in. Didn't have the money. Then my second choice was Philadelphia College of uh, Textile and Science. Got in. Didn't have the money. And then the last, the last college was Leahy College in Pennsylvania. I had never heard back from them, and um, and I, I was panicking, Charlie. You know, I, I knew that I had to go somewhere, and um, I sent things to Cheney, Cheney, Cheney uh, State. Mm-hmm which was in Philadelphia. 
And um, that's why I ended up going. Cheney State was the uh, is the oldest HBCU college in America today. Wow. HBCU meaning historically black mm-hmm. college university. And when I got on that campus, I don't know if any of you guys know Ricky Reese, but Ricky is like yes, I do. my closest thing to, well, he is. He's my brother. Former guest here. He was on here for a good Is hour. that right? Yes, he was. Ah, I, I missed it. I'll send when it I got you. on that campus, man, I've never seen so many black people in one area in my life. It was like culture shock after coming out of Holy Family. Yeah. And... What calmed me down and took away the anxiety was um, I could ball. So, you know, uh, John Cheney was my coach. I'm not even flabbergasted. <laughs> Tell me you don't even belong here. And, and what was crazy, what was crazy, we didn't touch a ball for like four weeks. They had these hills that we ran like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. At 6 in the morning, man, it was like 80, 85 degrees, and I prided myself on stamina, running, and, oh, man, this guy beat the hell out of us. You know, but, wow. yeah, that's where I ended up. I ended up at Cheney, Cheney State, which is now Cheney University. Wow. And they ended up being in 19 – I graduated in 83 with a degree in marketing and a degree in uh, fashion merchandise management. And and Cheney ended up being the um, I got to be honest here, you know I want to you know fudge a little bit, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheney is the 1983 Division Two champs. Nice. I wasn't I wasn't a part of the team. Wow. Hey. It, it, my boys so Jimmy and I, so Jimmy and I almost crossed paths with each other because. When I was at Bryant, we had we had a Christmas tournament in the old Providence Civic Center, and we had Cheney State as one of the teams that came in. Nice. So this was 81, 82, so we just missed each other. Wow. Just missed each other. And Cheney State, yes, was ranked. They were top five, top two in the country. So it was a big deal, one, to get them to come play in our tournament, which was you know a relatively new, small tournament. It was a big deal for us to play in the Civic Center. It was a big deal for me because I had never played there before. Um, so Jimmy and I almost crossed paths there. Almost. That's nice. I didn't know that history. That's nice to know. I was coming home. Coming home, man. <laughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was doing NBA, man. I thought I was doing it all. Mm-hmm. I, didn't work out that way, though. Hey, sometimes things like that to the next level has – a large part of luck, you know, and um, there's a lot of people that um should have went to the NBA, didn't go. There's a lot of people that should have went to the ABA, didn't go. But you know what? That doesn't mean that they wasn't a top notch and that they couldn't play with um at that level, you know. And um, I'm just I love basketball stories, and you guys are bringing a lot to me. Um. And Jimmy, if you can work on this with me and help me out, the guy above you, Mike, needs to write a book. He needs to write a basketball book. <laughs> so every time you see him, make sure you encourage him to write that book. Write that book, you know, because he needs to write a book. Um, some history locked up in that mind of his that uh, he needs to unleash. Mike, Mike is pretty well prepped, and he's a book within himself. 
Really, yeah. he, 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 he's, he's. I'm not saying now, but when we were coming up, he he came a long way. I mean, I don't know if I could have done that. He came, you know, and didn't know he, out of a cushion. Who comes out of a cushion? Mm-hmm. And then you know you you come like like and people don't realize like New Bedford High. He played against New Bedford High, a Holy Family. But the big games, believe it or not, like were at night at New Bedford Boys Club. Mm-hmm. You know, you I had all you know. I played like like almost every night against New Bedford High against um, you know when they started talking stuff. You know, those I mean those those were 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 were, were battles. And Mike mm-hmm. didn't have that opportunity, but when he played, he did shit. I'm mean, ooh, excuse me. He, he, yeah, he, he did. He did very, very, very well, very well. And and I, I like to say this too, like when he when that first year that he was at Holy Family, like yep. he wasn't just impressive, but he was a good person. That's what counted. Like a lot of people, and I like to clarify this as well. When Mickey, you know, 74, 75, you know, a lot of people think, you know, and, and it's it's total bull, total bull. And it bothers me. Like Father Driscoll recruited people to come play basketball there, which is so absolutely far from the truth. Like he gave a lot of op- a lot of opportunity to people, you know, of color, you know, or had some good standings and wanted to be better. To come to a place, not just play basketball, but get an education and learn about God. True. And he did that. And a lot of people thought, think, you know, oh, Father Driscoll, you know, he's recruiting this one and that one. And, man, it, 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 when they got there, they found out it, was, it wasn't just about ball. You know, yeah. it was about school, education, being a good person. And and the, the, the lucky ones, like myself, Mike, we not only – you know, um, excelled, not just in, well, I ain't going to say I excelled in school. I did all right. But <laughs> on the basketball court, I mean, you know, that, you know, that was a bonus because that's something I did well as well as Mike. True. But I, I just wanted to clarify that. You know, we got a lot of great ball players that came here, but before they came here, Charlie and Mike, Holy Family was like full of basketball history. They had um, uh, Mr. Lawless. You know, this guy, he did, like, not only is a great person, but he did unbelievable things. Then, you know, before I came here, I was, like, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then all you would hear about were were the Walsh boys, Paul Walsh and uh, Billy Walsh, the Paul Marys. And if Paul's out there, I I sent them this part. Well, I just want you to know I was a better guy than you at Holy Family. Just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was already deep in, in basketball. And so when we came, we just added to it. Yes. You know, I, I just I just had to say that. It's it's amazing that that your school um is should clearly, and I, I say this almost on every basketball podcast that I have, is that the things that you're seeing on Netflix, on all these little documentary, basketball documentaries, we have it right here within this little city, within this little area, you know, whether it be Fairhaven, Dartmouth, Holy Family, New Bedford, Durfee, just those documentaries would be tremendous, would definitely be one of the, one of the 
the, the most memorable basketball stories that we ever talked about. And, and I wish someone would get a script together and start just basically throwing some facts up there. I mean, we're always talking about the bigger cities in this area, um, the big, bigger cities in the state, bigger cities in New England. And we forget these little cities with these fabulous stories, you know. And um, I wish people would get something together and start, uh, you know, sending these these stories to, you know, script form and, and may, maybe send it out to some of these big Look at Todd Dos, Todd Dos Reese. You know, look what he's doing. You know, send it to him. Maybe he can produce something for all these stories out here. You know, but uh, you know, following up on Jimmy's point, Charlie, real quick. Um, ahead, you know, walking into walking into that school and just you know just absorbing the culture was was pretty cool. That you know, and I I, I mentioned to you before that it was like overnight that you just kind of bought into it and. Um, you know, I mentioned that, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of the people were relying on one another through that school and taking care of each other um, for whatever reason. You know, if it was, you know, in study, if you needed some, if you needed some tutoring, if you needed some assistance, um, whatever it was, was readily available. So there was a small school. The culture was very much about the school and about its history. And, you know, you got absorbed into it pretty quick. And, um, you know, one of the things I remember about in my once basketball season started approaching, all of a sudden there are cheerleaders in our classroom selling tickets to the game. And I'm like, well, isn't that cool? Right. Wasn't so they support amazing? all the time. Huh? Wasn't that amazing? It was. I couldn't, I had not, I had not, I didn't know that that was hap would happen. And when it happened, I'm like, this is great that there's this level of, and I sort of knew this, that there was that kind of underground support to all of this and, and the and the history of the school and who was going to be around. But I didn't know that was really going to happen. And um, it it just, you know, it sort of reinforced what uh, one of the reasons why I went there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture. And, and I mean, look now, look how many, you know, you got these alumni pages for Holy Family. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great. It's great to that there's still connection. There's still connection with anyone that went to Holy Family. And, um, you know, that that speaks for itself. And it the, does. And the, it really does. Yeah, and the Walsh guys, you know, I, I, I definitely like to hear their stories, you know, and uh, especially Pat, you know, love the dude. He was very inspirational to me in my life, you know, and I mean, uh, Paul, rather, I said Pat. Pat's been, you know, Pat Walsh has been good to me, but Paul Walsh, you know, he's another guy that, that came from the school. And I like to hear his story on this podcast because um, there's one thing. A Walsh can tell a story, can't they, guys? You know, <laughs> you might, you might need, that might be a multiple, multi part podcast for you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I'm actually yeah, trying I, to I, I, I love me some Paul Walsh. I yeah. mean, even even for I wasn't even in high school, and that's all you heard about. Paul Walsh was synonymous with Holy Family basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, not just being a great student. You know, Paul, I just heard that. I don't know how true that is, but <laughs> I know you're a good ball player. And somebody just texted me, and they asked me about Old Rochester. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I remember playing. They had one guy, one guy. I remember playing them. I think twice. Mike, do you remember he playing played, them, Mike? 
Yeah, we played them in the third round game in the Christmas tournament at the high school. And that team had Wayne Coswell, Jimmy Lanigan. Jimmy Lanigan, that's the guy. Yeah. That was yeah. the guy so, right well, there. Well, well, yeah, so I have you know some pretty good history with, with Jimmy, but the kid that I knew the best was Jeff Pina. I, I don't, yeah. Yeah, Jeff was really a good basketball player, um, okay. could really play. And um, he was there that, that game, he was their best player on that team. Um, but yeah, the Lanigans through, you know, I met Jimmy um, through the buddies. That was my first introduction to him. And then when I go to Fairhaven, his dad is the football coach. But Jimmy and I played a lot on the buddies teams and had some, you know, there, we went through some real battles with those teams up in Boston, which is an entirely different story. Um, but yeah, Jimmy and I have some really good history, um, and we we got along like right from the first time we ever met. And um, and Jimmy was a really good athlete, good football player, good basketball player, good in track. Did we, um, did we win? Did we win? We did. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did we win? Hmm? Did we twenty piece them? No. <laughs> no. It was it was a close game. If I remember okay. correctly, it was a close game. Oh, okay. we, ended up com- we ended up coming in third in that tournament, which was for us, as I mentioned earlier, was a was a good achievement for us. Mm-hmm. And so, Charlie, you mentioned um, in our past conversations about um, local rivalries and the way schedules are now and way divisions are now. But one thing that I missed after after um, that my season with Holy Family, that Christmas tournament went away, and I can remember. I was telling I was telling my wife the other night I can remember going to SMU because that's where the tournament used to be held and I was mm-hmm. all excited watching those teams play I'm like great I'm gonna come to a college I'm gonna play I'm gonna play at a high school we're gonna play here then the year that that, that I'm uh, available to play in the Christmas tournament they played at the high school I'm like oh I was so disappointed but I missed that was I really liked that because you got exposed to other teams that we didn't play that were not on our schedule at the time. Um, but I also looked at it as kind of a showcase for my team, right? This was come see us. We're pretty good. And, mm-hmm. um, and that was, so you got to see other teams. I wanted other teams to see us that were going to be rivals or peers of us. And I, so I thought it was a pretty cool environment that unfortunately went away. So, so true. It's um, I like to bring that back, but you know, that's up to the local ADs and, and, to do that and and actually that was one of the questions i wanted to mention we were just talking about uh we were just talking about um you know how you guys drop down you know you were at division one level and then you dropped down to division two later on but um a lot of that's got to do with the athletic directors and um it's for some reason there's there's not a lot of them that are clicking to, to kind of bring back those rivals. And I wish they would, you know, I wish they would. I hoped when I was at Fairhaven that, and I lobbied for this a little bit when I was at Fairhaven, my going into my senior year, that we could have played Holy Family once. That would have yeah. been nice Fairhaven? to have them back. Yeah. Fairhaven? Yeah. I would, yeah. I would, I would have, I would have really liked that. That would have been a nice way to kind of, kind of wrap up my time in high school playing basketball. Um, the schedule, as you said, Charlie, those schedules are set, you know, a couple of years in advance and couldn't, we couldn't pull it off, but I would have, that would have been nice. Yeah, and especially if it could have been, it would, especially if it could have been at the Kennedy center, that yeah, would have just, that never had the opportunity. I'm, not, 
I'm not sure I could have played that night <laughs> if, that, if, that, if that actually occurred. Um, but it would have been really nice. Um, Jimmy, what's your fondest memory, you know, in your basketball life, um, you know, that you could share, share with us, you know? Like, can you, like, uh, be a little... Uh, let see, let's say, maybe just your favorite game. Let's go with that. What was your favorite game coming out of Holy Family or playing in full at Holy Family? Well, my- actually, actually, there's a couple of them. All right. Um, the, the, the one game that I, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget was uh, we we um, we had prior to the game we had scrimmage Bishop Conley and um, we scrimmaged them and I, I don't know if we beat them by 30, 40, but there was so much like chatter talk they were just like the absolute worst team like in terms of sportsmanship mm-hmm. and um, we played them. And I think I had just went up to – I played my first game with Vasi. I played with um, – Mike, you remember Joey Gaudreau? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. We we played Bishop Conley. And um, I didn't know if I was going to share this story, but this, this sticks with me. We played Bishop Conley at Bishop Conley. And it was myself, David, Danny Aflalo, and, you know, the rest of the team. And we, we – to me, they sucked. Plain and simple. And when we came out out of out of the locker room to run on the court, you know, that was my thing. Run up, slap the backboard. I wasn't I wasn't dunking at the time. <laughs> you know, slap the backboard, lay it up, and um they were calling us the N-word, you know. And I knew we were gonna kick their ass. Excuse me, but this gets mm-hmm. me excited. Yeah. And when we came. They were so. I mean, I mean, I think we beat them by like third. They they sucked. But the thing was, during that whole game, even the players, man, were you know saying things that you know that they shouldn't have been saying. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I went up there. Their center, Joe. That's when I got really close with Joey Gardro, Mike Verino. Mm-hmm. Um, they they stuck up for me. Not that they had to. The things that they were saying, and their center went up, and I tore that shit up. Tore it up. And um, he came around and had something to say, and they called a foul on me, which w- clearly was no foul. This is like mm-hmm. 30 years ago. But Jack Nabriga got up off the – swear to you, got up off the bench, and, he, and this is exactly what he said. He says – I forgot what the ref's name was, but he says, if you're mad at me, take it out on me and not on my players. And he teched Jack up. Jack went crazy. So mm-hmm. then I started chattering with that dude, and then, man, it just went – haywire so when it was all over you know danny went to punch somebody danny broke his his wrist lost danny um when we came out came out man i just have to tell you this when we we, when we came out after um after the game i mean we clearly whooped them um they were just nasty 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 and there was you know i got in trouble but i didn't get in trouble there was uh I, i came out the locker room and it was a guy in crutches. They were just horrible. And he was blocking the um, the exit for me to get out, to get on a bus. And I threw him through a plate glass window. Father Driscoll went up there. And um, true story. 
And he said he was going to put it in the newspaper, you know, if they didn't, you know, apologize or whatever. But when they came down to the CYO, Kennedy Youth Center, Boston Garden, I mean, they were like angels. You couldn't hear a peep out of them. Yeah. And that was the only game because when we played with Jack and Brigger, I mean, you couldn't like go around your back, through your legs, this, that, and the other. Man, we, we, we like I had in case anything st- jumped off. I had we had like the, all of West Lawn in one corner, but that game, man, it was like one of my best. I mean, not so far I was scoring, but comfortable with the ball. I could do what I wanted with it. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my best games ever. Awesome. And then the toughest game, the toughest game we had, the toughest guy I ever played against, ever. I mean, this guy was like, this guy could jump out of the building. I I don't remember his name, but he played for Seekonk. You remember him, Mike? He was a pretty tall guy, too. And he talked about Yeah, I I knew a couple of guys on the Seekonk team um, from 78 when I was at Fairhaven. Peter LaCroix was there. Look, yeah, Mike, Mike, damn, Mike, you are like a, a wealth of knowledge. I told you, this, <laughs> this guy needs. You have this written down. He needs to write a book, man. No, what I don't. Know. Know, man. Oh, I yeah, don't. that that he that guy was the, the toughest guy I ever played. I never looked to score that much, you know. I mean, I scored when I needed to score, but I prided myself on defense. You know, like I I just looked for you know just to be. That guy on defense—that's that—that was it for me, you know. I I love that. That's nice. Good yeah, Peter was pretty good. Peter was a good player. I I do remember that. And um, his team—I think I mentioned this, Charlie, when we were going over the Fairhaven stuff. His team we beat in the tournament in the third round. And of all the games that we had, except for the game that we lost in the finals. We we went into overtime with them. We played that. This was at the new. We were playing at the vote at that vote. Folks, Jim, and we went into overtime with them. That's how good that team was, and that's how good he was. And um, so, of all the tournament games that we had in '78 when I was at Fairhaven, that was our toughest game. Nice. Yeah, we beat other teams. You know, either we blew them out, and we had a tough game with Marblehead a little bit. But that game against Seekonk, we could have gotten beat that night. You know, we were we were we were primed to get beat, and um, it didn't happen. But that's a local team, and um, yeah, it was kind of surprising that it was that tough on us, but it was. It was an overtime game, and we win. Yeah, you know, one of all the games that we lost, I mentioned to you, we lost those. We lost some really tough games that season at at the buzzer and really tough losses. That game we won at the buzzer in overtime. Um, so it was sort of like retribution for what took place, you know, during the season and those tough losses and kind of lessons learned. Um, but yeah, Peter was a really good player. I remember him playing on the buddies teams, on the senior teams. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't of age to play on those senior teams yet, but he was really good. He was left-handed, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, really smooth player, had a nice shot. Um, So I do remember him. Yeah. And you know what was fun too, Charlie? Yeah. Is when we played New Bedford High School, you know, because they come in there. Now, New Bedford, I mean, New Bedford High was New Bedford High. Yeah. You know, they didn't just bring the swag. You know, they they brought the, the the their cheerleaders. You know, like their fans. I mean, and just the, when I played them was at the CYO, and I mean mm-hmm. that game. I mean, standing room only packed. You know, and you know everybody was intimidated, but these are guys that I played with at night at the boys' club at at 
at um, Middle Street, not Middle Street Park, uh, United Front. Yep. Lawn. I mean, I played with them like all the time. And we were up. We were up by, we lost the game. We were up by 17 points. I mean, man, I was like excited because, you know, they call it a holy family. And, you know, I was talking a little bit of stuff. And, I, yeah, I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we, 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 we had a, uh, shit, we had a good team. Yep. And we ended up losing. And then, um, you know, when you meet up at night at the boys' club, you know they're talking to you. Yeah, that, right, 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 that, mm-hmm. that, 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 yeah. Yep. And then we went in to play them at their, at their gym. They didn't beat us. They blew us out. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, those, that was, you know, like you get to see your friends, you know. Yes. Uh, they're not your friends when you're playing. They weren't my friends mm-hmm. on the court. Yeah, I was trying to take them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was during those games with the high school. At that point, it was a lot of chatter. Oh, there was a ooh. lot of talking going on, and that was my first time. I actually, someone said some things to me that I won't repeat here. That uh-huh. sort of stunned me, and um, you know, it's part of you know, kind of growing up when you're playing, which is fine. But yeah, there was a lot, a lot of chatter. My God, I was like, wow, I couldn't get over it. And I, I didn't really walk into that game prepared for that. Um, but there was a lot of chatter. And Jimmy's right. When we went back to play them later in the season, they took it to us. And um, I, I remember trying to cover Michael Fields. <laughs> and I couldn't. And I couldn't. And one of the great it was ones. one of those things. Yeah, just, you know, he was just really, really tough. He was really quick. He was really fast. He was explosive. Um, and I couldn't switch with Jimmy to go cover Gary Dias because that would have been worse. I couldn't cover him either. Um, so, but it was one of those things where you just kind of chalk it up and you just got to learn from it. And um, I- I'll share a quick story. A year later, when I'm at Holt, when I went to Fairhaven and I'm playing for the buddies at the rec gym that Charlie, you and I talked about. And it was a tournament game, and I'm playing against Michael Fields. And I have, you know, I've changed. I know how to play him now. I know I can't get up on him because he's going to go by me. I know I can get on his shooting hand a little bit and make him go left. So I was a different player, a different level of maturity at that point, just because I had some experience. The first two times I played against him, I had none. And um, so it was – I found myself a little bit stronger in that uh, that last performance with, against him, and I think he recognized it too. Like, oh, I can't get away with the same things I got away with a year ago because he's not letting me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anything dramatic that I did, but I was I was much more confident in my ability at that point because I had learned. I learned how to play against different players and how to take advantage of what I knew how to do up against their you know their try to push them to their weaker side and all those things. Um, so, but yeah, it was a lot of chatter that night with those teams. I it was like, it was very, very, it was very unnerving when that started, but it's just part of it. I love it. I love it. Um, Mikey Fields is one of the greats in the, uh, in the city, in the area. Um, great story. Um, Derek Consatio was talking about him just a couple of podcasts ago. ago. Um, we were, I think it was just Facebook chatter. And, we, and he was talking about Mikey Fields. Um, Jimmy, talk about the games at Monty's Park later on in your life. You know, after you are about twenty six years old, and 
and you're going against people like your brother-in-law, Kali Martin, and, you know, all them crew, all them guys. Who talked the most junk to you on that court? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good question because they all talked. Hell yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, Kali's just so for people don't that they don't know, Kali mine, I'm I'm married to his um his sister, Melissa. And you know, him being her brother, you, you know, you like try to take it easy on him. Mm-hmm. But this guy, he was a beast. He talked more stuff, so I try to take it to him, but though down at Monty's Park was like all together different because it was mm-hmm. usually they had this thing West End. Against South End, mm-hmm. you know, and and it, and, it, and, it, and it was rightfully so. We were from West End, but they were good, good games. And you know what I liked about Monty Park, Charlie? They had the um, the metal, the metal nets. Mm-hmm. I used to love that noise. That noise um, is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and believe it or not, that Eric Brittle tells tells everybody that those those boards, those backboards, was a inspiration for what he created in true bounce and um and and it's funny because you would um you when you look at a true bounce backboard it just i i get that that flat i just get that vision of monty's park you know the old the old backboards you know with the holes and everything and that was very smart of him what he did and and I, I'm just so proud of True Bounce Backboards, especially when you see it all over the place. And um, so, but Monty's was good. Um, and I just want to, um, we touched on the hour, so I'm going to have to, uh, I want to close with a story from both of you. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about Jimmy. You know, it's about highlighting you, Jimmy. Um, and uh and then eventually I'm going to get Jimmy on here because we're going to highlight Mike and his history. And Mike, you and I got to set that up when you and I can do a podcast with, uh, within the next four weeks or so. And okay. we just talk about fave and basketball, you know. So, uh, all right, let's see. Um, Jimmy, you have any other stories you want to share with? I'll give you, you know, we've got a few minutes, about two minutes and, uh, you know, in fact, let's let Mike. You know, if you got a two-minute story, you can share with us about Jimmy, and then we'll close with Jimmy's comments. So, um, take your Jimmy time, bro. Take your time, bro. <laughs> no, I'm not good. Um, <laughs> um, so Jimmy and I have had some conversations over the last couple of weeks, and um, which have been really, really nice to have because you know we've, like I said, we've connected online a couple of times. You know, we, we share some of the same friendships with Allison and Paul, um, which has been cool to see him every now and again, you know, when we're visiting. Um, so when I left Holy Family, and I shared this with Jimmy the other day, when I left Holy Family, um, it was pretty stark how, how you know, it was, it was interesting when I left that I felt I felt like I may have abandoned some people and some just in general, you know, kind of walking away. And um, I didn't know how anybody felt. Flash forward to a bunch of years later, uh, my wife is working at Silverstein's, the old Silverstein's clothing store. And I went to pick her up to take her to lunch and I'm walking around. And who do I run into but Jimmy? And what does he do? 
he runs over to me and he hugs me. Mm -hmm. And I sort of stood up like I didn't, ex I didn't expect that, but it was very nice of him to do that. And I don't, I know he didn't know that it meant anything to me, but it meant a lot to me that it sort of closed that bridge for me as far as any sort of apprehension and some, some of the things that he and I discussed in the last couple of weeks that I shared with him that, you know, that was really nice of him to do that. And he did it out of just pure kindness. And um, that has been sort of our launching point for our friendship over these years. And um, which was really, really, really nice of him to do. We didn't have to do that. I, I was completely caught off guard. Um, and I, I couldn't wait to tell, she was my girlfriend at the time. I couldn't wait to tell her what just happened because my wife knew those stories and she knew some of, you know, some of the history there. So it was really, really nice. And um, so I'm sharing that. Awesome. You ain't got nothing where I dunked the ball or came up from the left or anything like that, you know, rocking no. the sleep, you know, like that? No. no. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's the next show. <laughs> um, so, Jimmy, um, you know, I, it, it's been a pleasure knowing you um, all these years. I'm very, very fortunate to know such a, a good dude. You've always been good to me. We always greeted each other. Um, and I hope, you know, things get, you know, better than I think we have a good relationship, but I want a great relationship with you because I think you're a good dude. We get a lot of mutual things that, um, probably in common. Um, I really want to bring this out to the podcast audience is that Jimmy's helping out with the homeless and the shelter. He's doing his thing. He's, he's, he's showing his heart he's being genuine he's helping out some people that need need some help and um so along with being a great person on the court he's a great person in the community and he's doing some good good things and um i want to salute to you jimmy for doing that you know yeah it's work but guess what it takes a certain person to work in that place and I'm thank, glad thank you I, I appreciate that charlie i appreciate you actually thank you know you. that Mike, you know I appreciate you. But, man, the next time he asks you to tell a story, man, you better come up with one where I rock somebody <laughs> to Rock them. <laughs> like a, one of your pistol pee passes or something, you know. I know Jimmy had one of those. He probably stole it from you, Mike, you know, but it, it's definitely um, – and these basketball stories are great. And feel free, if you guys have any friends that want to kind of tell a story on this podcast – Get them together. Get them together. We'll arrange it, and we'll get them on the podcast. Um, there's one thing I love is basketball stories and good people telling them. And you guys are good people. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. So, let's see. Last comment from my auntie Gail. She says, "Glad I tuned in. Enjoyed the show. Great memories, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Already. Um, all right, guys. Um, please, you know." Let's get back can I, on. Can it. I tell one more story? I, I have one left. Hold on. I, one left. I just said rock some. I rock somebody. Well, no, this, <laughs> no, this has this Jimmy that has nothing to do with you. All right, I'll see y'all later. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no. This actually has to do with Mr. Nabriga. So um one of the last times I saw him, he was doing a fundraiser over in the Kushnet, and I forget the name of the place. Anyways. Um, my dad had run into him a bunch of years and always asked how I was doing. 
And so my father said, you know, he's having another fundraiser. You should probably come with me. So I do. So I, so I see him, and, it, and the first comment he, he said to me was, he looks really good. And I was like, well, what did, you know, I'm not sure what you expected, but that's okay. So I let him go do what he was doing, and I went off, and I met, I had a, a very nice conversation with Mike Verano that night, um, Paul Walsh I met, uh, I spent some time with Eddie Roderick, so it was, and Mr. Brito was there, so I, you know, kind of, just kind of, just running into a bunch of people. So as I was leaving, I sat with him, I sat with Mr. Nabriga for a bit, and he asked what I was doing, how things were going, and I said to him, you know. David! Okay, so I'm like, Go ahead, hey, Mike. David. So I'll make this quick. So um, right before I left him, I told him that, you know, if you don't retire and I don't leave Holy Family, I never meet my wife. Wow. And he looked at his wife and he said, tell her that story. So I told her and he said to me, he said, Michael, he said, whatever your accomplishments were in high school and in college, he said, I'm more happy than you told me that than anything else. And I think that's probably my last conversation with him because um, I'm just not around as much as I as I would like to, like to have been. Um, so he got a big kick out of that story. And I've told that story a number of times to different people, um, but he was really happy to hear that. So not a basketball story, just kind of a human thing. Um, and I was happy to let him know that because I, you know, like I said, I wasn't around much. And I wasn't sure when I would ever see him again. That's awesome. Hey, I'm glad because you have a great wife. She's uh, we connected on Facebook and, um, you know, shout out to Rita. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, Coach Lato, how you doing, man? I'm great, Charlie. How you doing? My apologies for being late, but I'm on somebody else's clock and we got out of the gym late and Atlanta traffic hit me a little bit. So just getting back to the hotel. Well, it's my honor. And my pleasure to have you here. Um, Thank you. And I'm Happy glad you're here. We've been talking and about Jimmy. Guard, and my point guard back. Oh, my yeah. boy, Big Day, what's up? <laughs> what the hell's going on, man? I'm moving. I'm always moving. Always. Yeah, moving. that you is. That you are. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you, man. I've, I've been waiting patiently for you to get up here. Yeah. How you doing? Everything good? Everything's really good. Everything's it's all a blessing. I'm I'm wonderful. I just moved to Atlanta about two weeks ago, so you know everything's still kind of in boxes and everything's scrambling. But day by day, it gets a little bit better. But I'm doing great. Sure. So so glad to hear it. We're going over Holy Family stories with uh, yeah. Mike and myself, and I was telling him, Dave. You know, I said, Mike, man, tell a story. We you know where I rocked him. You know where I shook somebody, broke an ankle. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Dave, you got two or three of those. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I still, you know what? I'm a, I know I'm not quite a hoarder, but I got a lot of stuff. So I got some some stories, some clippings, and some pictures from uh, a broken ankle or two. You know, especially when, <laughs> when a game or two. <laughs> hey, I, I, Coach Lato, I heard uh, at some point you broke uh, Kenny Fiola's nose with your sharp elbow at one game. Well, it, 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 it probably wasn't intentional because I at that time I was probably on my way to trying to be a tough guy, but I wasn't quite a tough guy. So it uh, it, it wasn't really intentional, I'm sure. But if it happened, uh, no, I, uh, nothing I, I but good, buddy. Hey, uh, yeah, it's part of basketball, right? It's just part sure. of 
Well, Definitely. Damn, I've got my fair share of, of elbows to the nose and head and knockouts and probably got a little CTE for it too, as well. Mm -hmm. So in practice, how much fun did you have blocking Jimmy's shot? <laughs> well, we pretty much... Don't be lying, Dave. Don't be lying. <laughs> we, Go. we were trying to save five. And so I didn't get him that much, but you know, when when it was a, I don't I don't he tried to go high off the glass to try to alleviate, but I probably <laughs> I, I wasn't I, I was just growing as a player, so I wasn't as accomplished, but I think shot blocking was something I tried to do. Uh and 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 rebounding. I wasn't, you know, I was developing as a as a player and on offense. So uh if I if I can recall, if I don't, I'm gonna lie about it anyway. That I caught more. <laughs> so we we already know Mickey Gonzalez was on your team, and he probably never passed it to you. But we know Jimmy passed the ball to you. You know. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy was a pass first guy, so he made me look good. You know, and actually, and I say this to this day. I was just telling the guys the other day in the gym. Some of my best friends in this world are point guards because that's what a big man is supposed to do. He's supposed to follow his point guard. If you rebound for him, if you outlet to him and he treats you right, he's going to give you the ball back. But that's part of a basketball relationship that carries over off the court. And so it started as a young guy at 15, 16 with Jimmy. Uh, Carl Hobbs, who played at UConn, a great coach, is one of my best friends. He's a point guard. And I can go on and on about some of the guys that I'm really close to. Uh, they just happen to be of that under six foot category, though. You know, they that's not me, that's they, not they, me, all right. But they, I'm playing like a six footer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not great, you know, tall in stature, but great and tall as men. So, great leadership capabilities. And so, that's why these relationships is starting with Jimmy go on for a lifetime. That's a nice, and um, I was very young. Um, Jimmy's a good man. Um, he makes the suit look good. The ones that he wears every day, that suit and tie, you know, Jimmy makes that suit and tie look good, man. And he's been doing it for a lot of years. And I'm, I'm so fortunate to have guys like you, all three of you in my life, you know, some way, shape or form as inspirations, you know, and, um, you know, it was nice seeing coach later on TV from time to time, you know, seeing him on the court when I was a young man, you know, my uncle David Grace taking me to the games and, and you know, it was, it was nice. You guys kind of played some of the first games that I ever seen. So, and um, I appreciate that. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing well. Right, good, good. And, At know, some point I need to, I need to share some Kyle Hobbs stories with you. Oh, I got a million of them. I got a million <laughs> of them. <laughs> Matter of fact, I told, I told a couple of them today on the bus. So yeah, I got, they just can flow. Once you start one, it doesn't stop. Yeah, because Kyle and I go way back. Yeah. Um, yeah, to 77, 78, when he and I played on um, the National Youth Games team oh. out of Boston. Yeah. And um, when I was at Fairhaven, we played against – we played them in the tournament when he was at Jeremiah Burke. Mm -hmm. And – we played against each other a ton through the, the buddies tournaments and all those tournaments I played in through Boston um, through the late seventies and early eighties. Um, so yeah, um, I'll, I'll share a quick story before we kind of bust out of here. So when I'm at Fairhaven and we lost in the state finals, we lost to Springfield commerce who had Mark Hall. Um, mm -hmm. So this is 78 
and Mark was really good. Yeah. Um, so we lose um, in a tough game, and I'm sitting on the bench waiting for whatever awards to be handed out, and I'm pretty down. And all of a sudden, someone comes over and taps me on the leg, and I look up. It's Carl. And he comes over, and he sits beside me on the bench, doesn't say much, just sits there for a little while with me. Then he taps me on the shoulder, and he leaves. Then he goes to sit with my parents. Um which was really nice. Um, and that's was sort of like in the middle of our relationship as far as, you know, just him reaching out like that was, you know, really comforting for me because I was pretty down of losing a state final. Um, and every time we'd see each other in Boston, in Dorchester, wherever we would play against each other, um, it was always a nice greeting. It was like, you know, it was like my brother, you know, kind of coming back and playing with him and meeting him and seeing him again. And you kind of pick up on a relationship like you just saw him yesterday, uh, which was pretty cool. And he was always, my parents were always, you know, they had a good relationship with him. And most of those guys on that team, which were, you know, some high school Americans at that time. So Gene Newborn was on that team. Timmy O'Shea was on that team. Um, John Seeley was on that team. Um Gary Burke, who ended up just, you know, having some real problems in his life later on, was on that team also. Bubba Raymond was on that team. Wow. So we were pretty stacked yeah. <laughs> um, for, for, for freshmen and sophomores at that time. Um, but it was always nice bumping into those guys when I would play against them at different tournaments because, you know, we spent a lot of time that summer um, working out with each other and then going down to Connecticut to play um, for a week. Um, so it was pretty cool just being part of that and just having those relationships with those guys. Uh, that's awesome. Awesome. Those names are iconic in my life. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Dave, uh, you got an interesting story about Jimmy you want to share with us? Uh, you, you know, which Take which your time, Dave. Take which, your time, bro. Which way to, so, so, you know, my, my entree into Holy Family was, you know, I didn't live too far from where uh, at the time you mentioned Mickey Gonsalves and, and Peter Rivera were playing. And, and so the euphoria of being at the CYO and seeing him like I, and then, uh, you know, Father Driscoll was kind enough to, to let me go to school there. But Jimmy was one of the first people, if not the first person that I met. And, um, you know, I, I was I was the last of five children. I was the only boy. So I, I didn't even, really, I had one friend who lived next door, Eric Brito. And then I had mm -hmm. some other neighborhood friends, but, Jimmy kind of befriended me and uh and and through it I learned a lot about being a young guy and you know how to maneuver through it and yeah I remember us you know I don't know if you want me to say this Jimmy we take lunch instead of eating lunch we go to your house and hang out maybe not every good but just just understanding you know it, it same you know same generation same age just about but uh having a, a brother figure, you know, a big brother that I could, that I could follow around and not just as a basketball player, but as a young guy. And, uh, you know, we had Father Driscoll as our, as our mentor to make sure we went left and right the right way. But, but Jimmy was always there to kind of, you know, help me out and kind of without even saying it sometimes teach me, you know, what it was to, to, to exist both in school and out of school. And so, um, you know, I, I, I really, that whole experience of, of going to Holy Family and what it did for the foundation of my life 
and the friendships, you know, that came out of it, particularly this one with Jimmy, um, you know, have a whole have had a whole lot to do with with who I eventually became as a as a person, not just as an athlete. And so, you know, we could talk every day, or we could talk once a year. You know, friends don't keep count, and so that's that's how much I appreciate you know, my relationship with Jimmy and, and the things that he did for me, you know, as a 15 and 16 and 17 year old. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, they, I usually conclude with my podcast with, um, and I ask my guest, who would they like to have on the really Charlie podcast? And one of the names that always comes up is coach Lato. Coach Lato, when you have a chance and an opportunity, please come to this podcast and tell your story so we can highlight you. Because for one, you're, you're someone that we're very proud of. You're someone that we got so much inspiration from. Um, and it's not 10 kids. It's not 20 kids. It's hundreds. It could be thousands of kids now across this country that are playing the game because of you, whether it was on the court or on the sideline. I just want to let you know that we want to highlight you and it may not be the really Charlie podcast, but some podcasts locally where we can all kind of just throw a bunch of things at you, different comments and just say, Hey, thank you very much. Well, and, that, those words mean the world to me. And I'm, you know, I'm a byproduct of my environment. And I say that in the most, uh, huge, humble of, of terms. And, <laughs> you know, I've had a quite a journey you know, um, fortunate, you know, and I give praise to God and I give praise to those around me who helped me when sometimes I couldn't help myself. And so, uh, you know, in my lifetime, and especially now as I've gotten a little older and I've transitioned out of college basketball into what I'm doing now with Overtime Elite, it's it's only about sharing and giving. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of years uh, and a lot of experiences and I can't I can't take them with me. So sharing them and, and telling stories about, not just about me, but the things that I've been through and things that I've seen and people that I've met and, and the power that comes from self-belief and the power that comes from connectivity with others is, is immense. And, and, you know, Jimmy knew me, you know, when I had two pair of pants. And so uh, to be able to do what I've been blessed to do uh, is just, a result of people starting with father driscoll and people like that throughout my life i've been blessed that god has put people in my life only to lift me up to enhance me and so you know i, I those things that have come my way are only a, a byproduct of what people around me have helped do for me and so anytime charlie i'm, I'm available I'm a whole lot less busy than mm -hmm. i ever was uh, i don't do a lot of heavy lifting anymore but i'm still coaching so that's the beautiful thing so um, you know, as long as it fits into a little bit of a daily schedule, I'll be happy to do it at any point in any time. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jimmy, who do you want on this really Charlie podcast? Can I can I call your wife, Jimmy? <laughs> She's listening. I'm, I'm going to put her on here. I'm going to get part two of the Jimmy Colbert story. You know, we're going to. We're gonna hey, get I'm gonna say this, Charlie, as a as a husband, yeah. he's hit like you know, half court shot after half court half court shot to be with Missy. Like, you know, he's outpunted his coverage by a long I love it. 
<laughs> um, Mike, you have a guest you would like to put on this podcast? Um, I'm, again, I'm drawing a blank when you put the pressure on me. I'm, I'm better when I can think about it, and I'll, I'll send you some names at some point. Um, I think sure. I sent you a couple of names already, but I'll okay. find some more. Um, but under pressure at this point, I'm not thinking anyone right now, but I'll get you some names. Right. You know who I would like to see, Charlie? Who's that? And I, I you know, I, I talked to him here and there. And here's a guy that <clears throat> he went to New Bedford High as well. Um, this guy went from being good to being great. Played at New Bedford High, you know, uh, could shoot the lights out. I know you're waiting for me to tell you who it is. I'm trying to give him more accolades. But Darren Watkins, this yeah. guy was one of the greats that came out of here. You know, and, and there's so much talent. There's a lot of people that didn't play for high school or Holy Family or Dartmouth that were really good ball players. One of those guys was Robbie Mendes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never understood why he didn't play. He, that's a guy that, you know, I know this sounds cliche-ish, but he never saw a shot he didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Darren Watkins, I think, would be, you know, someone great to speak with. He, uh, he, he moved from Alabama. I think he's now down in um, Atlanta. Texas. He's in Texas, I believe. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, he's in Atlanta. He, and uh, I, I in Georgia, yeah. I, I spoke to Danny Aflalo, and he was supposed to be on today. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know quite. I'll speak to him later, but um, I was hoping to see him today. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm sure I get Dave. I'm gonna call you later. <laughs> yeah, please do that. I, I'm around, and I, it came in from Carmen. And so, what about female uh, players? And yeah. And, Part, part of my success as a basketball player is because my two older sisters, both Diane and Susan, were basketball players. And Diane was the first scholarship athlete to play at Providence College. And my sister Susan played professionally in France and still as competitive as they were as teenagers. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that part of it should be highlighted as well. There's some tremendous, especially at the Redford High School, some tremendous basketball players that have come through there over, over the years, especially during the era of the, of the 70s. Betty Great Goodman. point. Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Carmen, I, I did reach out to several of them. It's just timing, you know, other than that, the female basketball players would be on here and um, I highly wel- welcome them um, very much. I like to speak to anybody, you know, I, my podcast is open to male and female ball players and uh, this tremendous ball players out here. Kathy Johnson, Holtman. What about Dave Holtman? Have you ever spoke with Dave Holtman? Dave, I reached. Yeah, I reached out. So, I mean, we got a lot of days, and I, I definitely okay. want to. I definitely want to reach out to all of them. It's not not that I didn't, you know, I did, and um, it's just timing. It's just timing, and uh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. But eventually, they will be on here, and um, and it's it's like that. You, you can't get everybody, but I do want everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. I do want everybody on this podcast. So, well, gentlemen, I really appreciate this. This podcast will definitely be on Facebook, um, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, on my channel. I will definitely download it um, shortly after we, we get off the air. And I just want to thank you. And please, please come back again. Really? Can I I ask you a question before you? Is there any way that I can, you know, you're going to have it recorded? I want to get this before it goes viral. 
Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I was hey, I was already I already got it tuned up. I'm selling it on eBay. Man. You, you you ain't getting none of the money. <laughs> Oh man, this was this was absolutely wonderful, Charlie. I I can't thank, thank you. you enough. I'm absolutely honored yeah. and privileged, yeah. and I mean All that from my heart to be on here with wonderful people. Oh man, this is just great. Sure I'll sleep good true. tonight. I tell you that. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> All right, fellas, thank you, and please. All right, good night. Dave, I'll catch up with you. All right, Mike. I'll be in touch with you as well. Bye, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, everyone. Good night. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast where we highlighted two of my friends, Jimmy Colbert and Mike Smail. Um, I really enjoy talking to those guys about basketball. And I'm just trying to give people their flowers while they're while they are standing. You know, it's very important that we do that. And I'm going to continue to do it on the Really Charlie podcast. And um, I appreciate the comments. I really do. Um, comment, thank you. Thank you for that suggestion. And I'm definitely going to follow through and get some of the female athletes on here. Um, I've been trying. And, uh, you know, they have a basketball story, too, just as great as the other guys. So thank you, everyone. And I'll be back on the on the airwaves on August 8th with a couple of uh, hip-hop artists, local hip-hop artists, and um, name is Reality, and I'll be on August 8th at 7 p.m. As always, thank you for tuning in and listening and viewing the Really Tally Podcast. God bless, be blessed, and be well. Thank you very much. y'all this is the end of another podcast really Charlie play my song I hope you enjoyed the playlist I hope you enjoyed the guest along with myself as we went back and forth and you know just talking about music please continue to listen to the really Charlie play my song and if you have any requests send a message here on Anchor um, and I'll, I'll definitely listen to it and I'll play it on the next podcast so thank you for tuning in and you can also tune in to the Really Jolly Podcast on Anchor, Spotify YouTube, Facebook and StreamYard when you ever have a chance but uh, if you'd like to be a guest on this podcast you know, we could talk some music. Just let me know. All right. I'm very transparent. I'm on uh, Facebook, Charlie Perry. On I'm on the Instagram, really Charlie Instagram page. You know, so, and I got a group on Facebook. So, if you want to reach out to me, you have many, many venues to go to. And uh, we'll get you on the podcast. Take care. Be blessed. God bless. Be well.